We kind of needed that, you know what I'm saying? I needed him to be the bad guy, the tough guy. You can make a damn jump shot all night long. I mean, did you make, you made one, didn't you? One for seven. I feel bad for you, dog. Your cat's sick, go home and feed it. Marina, cat child. You know, Scott, he had a great personality. He took it like a man. He, he embraced it. Scott Burrell is an eight-year NBA veteran, 1998 NBA champion, featured all over The Last Dance, episodes seven and eight, as Michael Jordan was writing him, and Scott Burrell joins us now. How are you, Coach? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Did you enjoy last week as we enjoyed last week and the entire run for uh, The Last Dance? I did. I, I've enjoyed every episode, um, and I finally got some good news. And Michael said some good stuff about me, so I enjoyed it. And, <laughs> and Pop and, and, and Pip jumped on it too, so I enjoyed seven and eight definitely. Well, you seem like a happy guy. You came off on those episodes like, you know what? This happens. I'm just happy. I'm positive, and that came out. Um. Yeah, I, I was happy to, to to enjoy going to work every day and, and to get better. Uh, to help a team um, win a championship for three in a row in six out of last eight years, I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I had to learn. I mean, Michael mentioned something in the movie uh, video, in the documentary about me l- l- gaining focus and and can be, could be a better player. I needed that. Um, like some people don't understand, if if you're playing the other teams and you're doing fine and everything's going great, uh, and your superstars are teaching you what they know, and then you get traded to a team that has the the best players in the world, the best coaching staff, and you learn something differently, it's totally different. It's, it's, it's growth, and I needed that. Right. Well, you were the new guy in the 97-98 mm-hmm. season. You walk onto a team that has won five championships. You're playing with the greatest player in the game, if not ever. What mm-hmm. was it like on your first day? I was, well, first of all, I was nervous. nervous. Um, I didn't want to hurt Michael. And then he, he calls me out while we're stretching and stretching about, Hey, Scott Burrell, which I don't know why he used my full name and every time he said my name. <laughs> hey, Scott Burrell, you thought the best part about your trade was you don't have to play me four times a year. But now you got to deal with me every day. So right there, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, was there a bigger trash talker than Michael Jordan? Yeah, yeah. I, I think MJ talked, but usually people talked before he did, which which is a mistake because it fired him up. And um, he, he was he was more of a coach than a trash talker. But, I mean, once he started going, he would trash talk. But, yeah, there were some bigger trash talkers than MJ. Uh, well, you walk into a situation. It's the mm-hmm. end of a dynasty. Michael, Phil, Scotty, Dennis, they're all probably gone at the end of the season. And I, I'm watching this, and I'm angry. You're in the middle of this season knowing that this is it. This is your last mm-hmm. chance right here. Well, um, not your last chance, but this is the last chance to play with Michael Jordan because that's it. Mm-hmm. What is going mm-hmm. What is going through your mind? The same thing you said. It's my last chance to win a championship. <laughs> I, I mean, because people don't understand. You've got to be in the right place, right time. Um, You've got to stay healthy. So many things have to go right to win a championship. And like you said earlier, like, like you just said, I knew it could be over. And my for those other guys who won five out of six or three, two in a row, it might be different for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't feel the pressure of, of winning because they've already done it and they know how to do it. For me, it was the pressure of learning how to win, learning how to win a championship, and then finally doing it. So I had extra pressure on that. Plus, not, not not being comfortable with the team, not knowing everyone, not knowing the offense. It took me a little time to get comfortable with that. 
Well, there was that scene in practice when Jordan was yelling at you about attacking a double team or something about that. How intense was he in practice? Well, he's coach on the court every time. Um, I, I, I don't know why I said double team. I, I just should have said I don't know the offense because that's what, the reason why I stood there with the ball. Because I, I saw the two guys cut first, and I'm like, oh, what's the next step of this offense? And by that time, I knew the shot clock was going. I had to get rid of it. So, uh, yeah, there's no. first of all, no one's coming to double team me on the block. So, I don't know why. That's the first thing I th- that came to my mind. <laughs> but was Michael yeah. was Michael pretty intense at the practices? Because they say practice oh, yeah. was just as intense as the games. Practice was harder than the games because um, he he pushed he pushed you and, and and made sure you knew what your your job was. You got to do your job at the best of your ability, be the best version of yourself. And if you didn't. I'm coming at you. That's what that's what his mindset was every day. Right. We're talking with Scott Burrell, the former Chicago Bull and current head coach at Southern Connecticut State University. There was a scene, uh, I think it was last week, where Michael got emotional and had to stop the segment because mm-hmm. his he was watching his teammates talk about him. Judd Bushler saying mm-hmm. that um, he was terrified of Michael. Will Purdue saying that he wasn't a nice guy. What were you thinking mm-hmm. when you saw that scene? That's everyone's opinion. I think they all. I think they all love Michael. I think they all thank Michael for what they've done for him. But I think Michael's driven to want to do one thing: win. And he might have thought that he hurt those guys, maybe mentally. Uh, and when there was guys were saying that, and he, he he's a very nice guy, but he's driven to win on the court, and he has to win at all costs. And it, it might have took a little toll when he, when he heard those guys say that stuff. And uh, but you know what? There's not one person that didn't benefit from playing with Michael or being a part of Michael. Well, right. I was here in 98, and I, I went to a lot of those games in the 90s. Jordan raised everyone's game. That's what he did. Oh, yeah. 100%. He raised everyone's game, raised everyone's uh, their pocketbooks most for, for the most part as well, <laughs> or their pockets. Not pocketbooks. Maybe some pocketbooks, but most pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, he did a lot for a lot of people. Um but he got them. Think about it. people when they go play Chicago. They're not saying I'm playing Chicago Bulls and Scottie Pippen or Scott Burrell or or Steve Kerr or or Judd Bushler. They're saying I'm going to Chicago to kick Michael Jordan's butt. Then Michael MJ knew that. Right. We all knew that. That's why he pushed us to be better, so it would help him. So he didn't have to carry the whole load every time. If we did our part, it just makes him his job a little bit easier. And Scott, everyone on the planet knew that this was it. This was it. So they wanted to come to Chicago and beat Michael Jordan. We knew that Jordan was taking the Bulls and he was going to win. It was his mission to win that championship in 1998. So true. It was his mission. He was angry with the situation of maybe this being the last season of the year, the Bulls being together after winning five out of seven. Um, he wanted to win this to see what they would do, put more pressure back on them. He wanted to win it for his own legacy. Mm-hmm. And he, like I said, he's driven to walk up the court being a champion the last time he stepped on, every time he stepped on the court. So right. that's what he wanted to do, do one more time in Chicago. Uh, Scott Burrell, you're a head coach at Southern Connecticut State University. Tell me what it was like <laughs> playing for Phil Jackson, and do you take some of those characteristics and use that in your coaching today? I do. Phil was a great coach of personalities, great X's and O's, great. He was, he was, you were able to talk to Phil, like a, just forget about basketball, a regular person. Um, he would talk to you about anything. Um, and I do carry that stuff over, but today's players are so tough to, to, to give, like you give them an inch today. Nowadays they'll take a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, so it's tough to use his tactics. Like I can recall, like one time we went to Orlando. Was, I think it was in the video too, in the episodes. He gave us a day off in Orlando. Everybody just forget practice, no practice day. <laughs> but everybody knew. We yeah, we enjoyed ourselves. But right. everybody knew we better win. We better be ready for shoot around the next day, and we better win for Phil, and and obviously for each other. If you do that today, kids are like, I deserve this. I mean. I deserve a day off. It's about time he gave us a day off. I mean, <laughs> they don't understand the responsibilities that come along with having a day off and doing your job that your your scholarship is paying you for, uh, taking care for. Yeah. And the kids don't understand that, I think. Well, I, I know that you were in it at the time, but as a fan and I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, we all knew that you were the superior team in the NBA and you guys were on a mission and I felt like whatever Phil said, you were going to listen, but... We all had the same goal. I, it, it sounds odd. I'm trying to uh, communicate it with you, but we all knew that yeah. you were going to win and you could do whatever you want. I mean, take Dennis, for example. You played with Dennis Rodman for the first time, 97-98 season. Dennis, there was a guy that worked for the Bulls that used to go wake him up because he was always late for practice, right? Oh, he was late a few times, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, but Dennis, uh, Dennis gave it everything he had. I mean, he watched so much film. He did so much cardio. He lifted weights. Right. He was he was a beast at practice, but he did his job to the best of his ability. And Phil knew how to coach him. Right. Um. And and you no, know, if they if Phil gave him an inch, Dennis would come back and, and and repay Phil with great effort. So I mean, that's that's the way it was back in the day. Um. I'm not sure if it's the same if it's like that now. But it's funny how Dennis went to Las Vegas in the middle of the season. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's hilarious. Number one, I, I, to be honest, I never knew he went to Vegas. I think it was even more fun. I played it on the team, and I think probably half the guys on the team didn't know. Um, so because he would miss practice every now and then, but I didn't know he went to Vegas. But you know what? It worked. It worked for him. It worked for Phil. It worked for the team. He blew off some steam, enjoyed himself, and came back and and uh, and did his job. Probably went, probably got twenty five rebounds the next day. He got back. <laughs> Uh, Scott Burrell on the phone with us for a few few more minutes. Scotty Pippen and Jerry Krause uh, didn't like each other the final season. Scotty was very bitter. What was it like playing mm-hmm. with him uh, that final season? I love Pip. I, I think Pip is so underrated. Pip can do everything. Um, he can play defense. He can score. He can shoot. He can. He's a great passer. There wasn't anything that Pip, Pip could do. I think people overlook him so much uh, when they talk about great players because he played with Michael. And but people don't look at the stats that he put up the year that Michael year and a half that Michael retired. Oh yeah, it was unbelievable the year he had. And if you do that, he could have, obviously if Michael was there all the time, he probably could do that more. But he sacrificed his game and a little bit of his game to, for the betterment of the team rather than himself. And people overlook that all the time. They were one game and, away. And, 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 can I say one to say too? Yeah. He also played in an era where there was no social media where he can get hyped up and people can give him a brand. Like, if you think about it, the only person that had a brand back then was Michael Jordan. You're right. And nowadays, everybody's given a brand and everybody's given a social media platform where their game might be as good, but their platform is bigger to make them even a better, bigger player. And what people don't know, they see, you know, they remember uh, 94. By the way, they were one game away from the NBA championship in 94 mm-hmm. without Michael. But people, mm-hmm. are, people are still bitter that Scotty sat on that bench and didn't get up and Tony had the last shot. Okay, we get it. We understand that. But yeah. Pip in real life, and I've had a few encounters with him. He is the nicest, most down to earth guy. He's just so sweet. 
He is a great guy. He is down to earth, and he, and he every time that Michael, a lot of times when Michael rode me, um, Pipples would be there, the one that you know picked me back up, and and was like, don't worry about it. You know, just just focus on what you got to do. Just be prepared and do your job better. That's all. Uh, Pipples always there to him and Ron Harper always there to help me out a little bit. Right, right. And um, I I want to play something for you that was uh, on last week's episode, which was my just my favorite scene so far in the series. Here it is. A lot of people mm-hmm. back right. down the bike. I didn't. I made it a point. I said. Just tire him out. You just got to tire him out. Hitting him and banging him and hitting him and banging him. It took a toll on Mike. It took a toll. And then (laughs) resting him a little bit. And then the the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. I don't know if the outcome would have been different, but it it, it was a difference. (laughs) And and beating him down a little bit. The glove. I had no problem with the glove. I love that scene when he's <laughs> oh, looking at awesome. the iPad. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. Anytime, anytime he looked at the iPad or the whatever <laughs> Apple, or the um, the tablet, it was it was gonna be something funny. So anytime you looked at the <laughs> tablet, you, you were gonna get a laugh out of it. Uh, definitely uh, so. It, you know what's great about I just this? Understand. Well, you, Scott, you played when you you played with Michael, but I, I we've seen Michael through the media, but we're seeing the human side of him at home and uh, having him respond to those um, iPad videos are the best. Oh yeah, I just think you hear him being open, honest, um, abrasive. Uh, I just think you're getting the real Michael off the court because he doesn't do a lot of interviews, and we, we should appreciate what we're getting because as players you see it but the, the normal folk of, of that are NBA fans or people that don't watch bat or don't watch basketball that much don't get to see this of Michael and it's great to see him open um take take on his walls and just let, let people hear what is what made what motivated him what made him great why he played the game the way he did and and why the way he acted I love it yeah we had Bob Costas on earlier and uh, we talked about how the 90s NBA is so different than the NBA of today because it was so much harder to win or keep those players on your teams. Now players just jump from team to team. There's no loyalty. There's no loyalty, in there, and they play with their friends now because um, they they get paid big money and they want to make their job easier. So if you have three stars on your team and everybody's getting fifty, thirty-five million, something like that, right? Your job is easier. You don't have to carry the rest of the guys who aren't as good as you. Yeah, and, but that's what's hurting the NBA. I mean. You can say at the end of the season, before the season started, there's six teams that have it. Well, let's be honest. There's probably five teams or four teams that have a chance to win a championship. All the other teams fill the schedule right now. And it's, it wasn't like that back in the day. I mean, you had dominant teams, but friendships didn't put those teams together. No. I mean, Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing weren't friends. Or Reggie Miller yeah. wasn't friends with Michael Jordan. And they I, certainly wouldn't play together. I don't think Jordan would do that today if he was playing today. No. Too much of a and, and that's why the Greek freak... It's so true, and that's why I love the Greek freaks. Like, they ask him why he doesn't work out with those guys. And he's like, I want to beat them. Why would I want to be friends with them and work out with them? Because that's a that. real competitor. You're right. Yeah, I love that. And, and, and that's what it's about. It's about competing at the highest level. Um, and you can be friends after a season. You, you all, all you guys make a lot of money. You can hang out after a season. But you, you, during a season, compete against each other as hard as you can. And competing doesn't mean scoring, then you come back and me scoring. Mm-hmm. Competing means dominate your opponent at both ends of the court. Right. Um, You know, LeBron started this, but um, I think people look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the guy that wanted to win a championship, and he went to play in Golden State, and he got it. But I think they all do it now. I I, I think LeBron started, but I think they all do it. Um, I mean, they they talk about it. They're all friends. They play AAU together now, and it just carries over to later in life for these guys now. Um, 
So it's it's hard to stop now because it's going to keep going, and I think it just hurts the NBA a little bit. Right. I agree with you, Scott Burrell. Thank you for yeah. coming on. Are you excited about the last two episodes tonight? I'm excited, but I'm sad. I mean, <laughs> you know, I have something to look forward to. And, and then also, no one's going to call me anymore to do interviews. I'm sad. This might be my, I, I think tomorrow, Tuesday might be my last set of interviews now. It makes me real sad. <laughs> you know what? You know, it's funny. Uh, when did we talk? On Friday, I called you. And after about 10 minutes talking to you on the phone, I'm like, Scott, we're ruining good material. I don't like to talk to people before an interview and having them on the radio because I want it, you know, organic and I want it to be real. But yeah. I have your yeah. cell phone number, and I will absolutely call you. Definitely. Okay, sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So at least I have one more in the future. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Scott Burrell, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That is uh, Scott Burrell, former Chicago Bull, won a championship on that 98 season, and, of course, the head coach at Southern Connecticut State University.